Jeffrey Hazlett is the primetime television host of C-Suite with Jeffrey Hazlett, an executive perspectives live on C-Suite TV, and is the host of the award-winning All Business with Jeffrey Hazlett on C-Suite Radio. Hazlett is a global business celebrity, Hall of Fame speaker, chairman of the C-Suite Network, home of the world's most trusted network of C-suite leaders and best-selling authors. Opportunities are everywhere. You just have to know where to look and how to capitalize on them. Don't sit back and wait. Act fast and get there before they're all gone. In Jeffrey Hazlett's ebook, Never Waste a Good Crisis, it's chock of tips, tactics, and strategies that any business leader can deploy in the event of an economic downturn. Whether you're running a big company or you are a solopreneur, having a plan in place is key. So please welcome my guest, Jeffrey Hazel. Welcome to Money 911, where we talk about health, wealth, and peace of mind. And y'all heard my fabulous guest, Jeffrey Hazlett. And without further ado, we're just going to go right in here, Jeffrey. I'm really pleased, honored to have you here. Really great. Well, I'm honored to, to be here. Honored to have you a part of C-Suite Radio, C-Suite TV, and all the things that we're doing with the C-Suite Network. As you know, we're growing this thing, and it's because of great content like yours and other headliners that we have. So it's just fabulous to be a part of this today. Thank you. You make it so easy. And Honestly, you know, I've been in the C-suite for, you know, a few months and the the people that I meet, the leverage and the community is over the top. I've made so many wonderful yeah. connections and look forward to creating a wonderful conscious giving council. We're working on that and Oh wow. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's so it's it it, it, it thank you for saying it's easy because there's a lot of work behind the scenes and of course we've got such a wonderful talented team. They make it happen. I'm just the the pretty face out front, but you know, the way you describe our network, you know, I I call it like the sequoia effect. Like we're this giant sequoia tree and underneath the sequoia tree when you walk into this redwood forest, you see these huge trees with these huge canopies and we're that huge canopy and that we create this lush ecosystem underneath and, and it allows people to take our platform, use the platform to, to grow their business, you know, a little education, a little inspiration, some motivation and a chance at monetization if you get engaged. And that's what it's all about. It really is. And that's really a good parable with the, with the redwood tree because there's, there's a comfort of your wisdom of experience. And that's like, you know, a lot of people have maybe wisdom of experience, but they've got a lot of ego around it, which is really not very magnetizing. But, you know, you're the real deal and you're a real person and you're not, you know, looking at your bio all the time about where you came from. So, yeah, I don't spend much time on that. It's like so they always ask me in the interviews, what's the biggest thing you've ever done? And I always say, I don't know. I haven't done it yet. Meaning there's always something bigger, you know, and, you know, and when, and as you go through life, especially as you get older, more mature, more, I don't know, successful, or, or at least as you, you start graduating from the school of hard knocks, you start realizing what's the most important things you should be doing. And, and it changes as you go where you might be doing something earlier in your career or, or in the roles that you have. And later you're, you're doing it differently. Just one, because 
you can. That's that's always a good one. And two, you just you you learn, or you don't need to, or you don't want to. And that's a I think a big thing about knowing what you want to do as as you go through it. That's really cool. I, you know, I thought about that midway through my business when you know being successful and then getting to the point where you can only drink one cup of coffee at a time. And how can I <laughs> right? How can I use yeah. this to help others? It's just like not all about me all the time. And and that shifted, you know, the shift of the give back inside of it. And yeah. that's another thing that I like about the C-Suite Network is that community has that, you know, using what we have. Like you like to say that Warren Buffett, right? Rising tide lifts all boats, but the first to get get lifted, right, are those boats that are already in, right? Right. Well, you got to get in. It's like. I, there's a in one of my books I wrote this this parable story about Bubba who prayed every day and hoped that you know God would let him win the lottery and the lottery was coming up big pot so he prayed got down on his knees and prayed and went to church on Sunday and and uh, uh, you know on Saturday night uh, the lottery came and went and he didn't win on Sunday he went and prayed again says Jesus the Lord why didn't you let me win let me win the next one which is Wednesday night Wednesday night came and went and he didn't win it again and so he prayed some more and said please you know dear Lord. Uh, let me win on, on Saturday again. And of course he didn't win. And on Sunday he goes, dear Lord, what do I have to do? I'm a, I'm a pious man. I'm a good man. I've lived, lived with everything the way you asked me to do. And finally the Lord spoke to him and said, Bubba, buy a ticket. You got to buy a ticket. You got to, you got to buy a ticket to get in. And that, you know, it's like, I have people come to me all the time, Jeff, can you do this? Can you do this? Well, get engaged, come in. I'm, I'm to the point now, if if you want something, if you want to do it, you you know first of all you got to do it yourself because I wrote my very first book called The Mirror Test. The person responsible for your success is looking at you in the mirror every single day, and first you got to do that, and then next you have to get engaged. You have to get networked, and you have to get in with other people. and And now this you know there's a, there's new ways of doing it. We're not we're not meeting like we used to all the time. We found that you know this works really well. This video uh, medium that we're using. Is, is is working well. We don't have to do as much traveling. We don't have to, we can work from home more. I mean, I, I own the IBM building in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, but IBM moved out because they just don't, they've got everybody working from home. I mean, so it's, you know, it's like, I've got this big building, you know? So we all learn to do it differently, but you got to get engaged. You got to network and, you know, and COVID caused a great deal of that. You know, days became weeks, weeks became months, months became years. And, and now we've learned that we can do it at a faster pace and much more direct. Right. It's awesome. It is awesome. And everybody's rising together. Everybody's helping each other. And the networking is what connects us all. I mean, yeah. you know, staying in the little silo, you can only go so far. And, you know, with that flow, there's this, you know, your new book, Never Waste a Good Crisis. Yeah. So appropriate because, you know, there's only so much news you can listen to, but it's pretty dismal. I mean, you know, there, there's so many crises. You know, I changed my my podcast from Ready, Set, Retire to Money 911. Mm -hmm. It is a crisis. And honestly, Whoa. Right? Yeah. yeah, look what's going on. I mean, right now, as we're taping this today, there's, there's the debt ceiling uh, crisis that we're in, face, uh, in front of. But the book that I wrote and that collaborated with, with uh, 40 other folks that asked, that I asked to come and contribute, add a piece to that was all about the looming 
economic crisis, the 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 recession that we're we're going to get, we'll get. What someone would say that we're going to do it right now. And my point is, never waste a good crisis. Because even during the darkest times, even when we had some really bad times, and this recession doesn't look to be as bad, but nonetheless, it's still bad. You know, I, for the person who's losing the job, for the person that's lost an account, for the person that's business is declining. You look, I don't. You, you might say it's oh, it's not that bad. It's bad. It doesn't make a difference. It's still bad. But you can, you know, you do some things, and I point out five different ways that that I point out at least, and then there are uh, forty other contributors who give even more great advice and great, and not just advice, great counsel. Counsel is given by people who have been there before. Advice is usually given by people who've never done it. But you know, you certainly could take both and see if they apply to you, and that's the most important piece of it: is can this work for me? Because sometimes it isn't always the idea that I want to implement; it's the things. That that I don't want to do. And so you have to get a little bit more focused and during a crisis or doing any kind of downturn or thing that might be a barrier for us to do business, this is a great opportunity to actually do more. And that's what the book is serving is a little bit more of a of a of a jump start and a shot in the arm. You know, back when COVID hit on, you know, March the 13th, Friday the 13th, 2020. Now, a lot of people think Friday the 13th was done during the Knights Templar when the, the Pope tried to kill all the Knights uh, back in the 1300s. You know, that's that's really not it. It's really the, Friday the 13th was bad because that was the day that Disney World said they were shutting down. And you know, crap gets real when Disney World shuts down. So that was the day. But I came out that following Monday and said, well, we got to do something because it's going to be, you know, look what's happening. And it, literally that week, I said, look, I don't, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I'm, I can't even sew a mask. But what I can be is a business first responder. And so this book is meant to give some hope and some some aspiration, some inspiration, motivation for people to say, hey, even during the worst times, because, you know, Chris, uh, you participated in the C-suite. We've talked about this. I did a television show episode, which is around this book, talking with five different economists, world-class economists, talking about the opportunities. But you think back to 2008, you know, when 2009, when we had some really rough times here in the United States and worldwide, you know, some of the greatest companies in the world were born, Uber, Airbnb, you know, two of the two big ones that that came out of the recession, came out of that, you know, downturn, depression, almost depression. And so there's, you know, there's hope for everyone. Uh, you know, I can go way back in history and like Hewitt Packard was found during bad times. And, uh, and, 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 and then I, I even cite in the book, you know, some great companies that did really well, double digit growth during the last uh, recession that we had. So there's a lot of opportunity for people. I totally agree. And it really is a mind shift. I mean, you know, you can hit your thumb and a hammer and curse the air or, you know, okay, well, you know, take a deep breath and, and find the light inside of everything that's happening. What, you know, you say there's five things that you talk about the book and what do you see? Cause you, you know, you're the leader of leaders and you've connected with a lot of people in the leadership position. What, what do you think that? Well, I mean, just, you know, I'm not going to give away everything because you want to want to read the book. All you got to do is email me at Jeffrey H at Hazlett.com or so uh, Jeffrey.Hazlett at C Suite Network.com, C hyphen Suite Network.com, or go to our web, just go to our webpage, C hyphen Suite Network.com, and you'll be able to get a download of that book for free. It's free. You know, we just want people to have it, and uh, which is really great. You know, I'll give you one great thing I think is that, you know, if you look right today, 53 to 56% of the customers that you do business with today will do more business with it. What are you waiting on? 
So you got to get out there and reach them and, and, and say, hey, what more can I do? What can I do to help you? I'm graving, giving you great value already. So how about some more value? You want more? You want more of this good stuff? So that's that's just one piece of it. The, the other one is, and I have a great, great quote, you know, is from uh, Art, Art Laffer. He says, never catch a thrown knife. You know, I thought that was a great piece, yeah. you know. So, so even though we know it's coming, doesn't mean we have to adhere to that. We don't have to believe it. We don't have to do it. So why not surround the top customers that you have? Most of us all have the Pareto principle. 80% of our our business comes from 20% of our client base. So so go to that 20%. What are you doing to nurture them? What are you doing to go find more like them? And then uh, and then increasing that business and taking care of because you don't want them walking away. If 80% comes from 20% of your clients, then you really don't need all the other clients that you're serving, but you need more people like that to give you even more business. So really find and, and spend some time, you know, it's, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I trust my gut. Don't trust your gut. Trust data. Data tells you where these people are. Data tells you where your customer base is. Data tells you what you've got. And the smart marketer and the smart CEO, and by the way, I don't think we're all smart, but we our, our job is to be the most strategic people in the room, not the smartest people in the room. But if you're strategic, that's the kinds of questions you'll be asking yourselves and you'll trust the data and you'll go after more and more customers like that. That's it. Strategic. And you know, in your book, you talk about decisive action, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Sorry. I, you put the quarter and you get to go for the full ride with me, Chris. You know, it's just like, boom. It's like, you know, what question? It's like Henry Kissinger showed up for a press conference years ago and said, what questions you got for my answers? It's like, boom, I'm ready to go. So <laughs> that's it right there. And you push go and you're on. Right. So, you know, you've been in a lot of organizations and seen a lot of people. What you know, what have you seen like just over the top have transformed people's businesses? Like just a few, well, maybe an example of that. Well, there's a lot of them. I mean, uh, you know, I have been, I've bought and sold over 250 businesses, 25 billion in transaction. I've been a fortune, you know, 100 officer, one of the most elite uh, positions there are in the world. And more people playing professional football in the United States than there are fortune 1000 officers in this, in this, you know, so it's a, it is a very elite group. You know, I, the biggest transformation, the biggest things that I see with businesses that really do well is they're extremely focused and they're focused around doing one thing. And that is what problem are they solving? They really know what they're doing. They really know what problem they're solving. My son is the chief marketing officer at the C-Suite Network. And, you know, I used to think I was one of the world's best marketers, but man, he has got me beat uh, to beat the band. And, and not just because he's my son, it's just because he's just really smart. And, you know, he once said that to me, he said, what problem are we solving? I said, well, man, that's just a great, a great, I used to say, just be successful, capture customer behavior, which I think is important. But the most important piece of that is what problem are you solving? Because if you're solving a problem for somebody, there's a greater value there. And so I think those companies that do extremely well, good or bad times, is they're extremely focused on solving problems for their customers. That's it. And, and if you're doing that, then you're going to be succeeding because you're giving great value back and you know what you're doing and you rally everyone around it. So you're not distracted because so many times in business, as you know, Chris, it's squirrel, squirrel. You know, we chasing squirrels and and leadership goes from this thing to this thing. I, you know, I'm on a I'm on numerous boards. I, I serve on about 14 corporate boards today. Three of them are publicly traded companies. And, you know, I'm on one particular board and I'm just I'm concerned about it because I, I just don't think it's the company's going to make it because 
the, the, the squirrel moments that I see every single day with the leadership of that company. And I keep trying to ask the questions and they keep giving me the wrong answers. And, and so when you see that there's signs, you, you know, uh, you know, a lot of people come to me, you know, about podcasts and say, Jeff, you want to listen to my podcast? No, you know, you know, I'm, you know, my, my deal is, are you solving something for somebody? You got, you, do you believe you've got great content? You got good following everything else. Then you're going to do well. You know, now do you want to be a superstar? If you want to be at the top echelon, well, then there's certain things you have to do, but by and large, you know, you can, you can show up and still do a pretty good job. Now let's, let's make you do a better job and you can sense right off the bat whether the podcast is going to be great or the blog's going to be great or the book's going to be great or the consultant's going to be great or the trainer's going to be great or the the you know whoever or even the leadership if you've got enough experience um you can literally just in moments smell it taste it feel it the chemistry is just whether it's online or offline you can you can get a good sense pretty quick that's absolutely true and you just feel it and know it and that's a gift for sure. Yeah. You, you know, when you're when you're working with everybody, how do you communicate like you have the vision and you have and you got all these rallying the teams together, kind of herding cats, I would think. Yeah. And so you're basically, you know, the focus of what how do you help people and but how do you get them all together like, you know? Well, I think the the biggest I talk about con- mutual conditions of satisfaction. I think that's probably one of the biggest leadership uh, mantras that I live by is what's our mutual conditions of satisfaction? Again, what problem are we solving? What are we trying to get done together? And if we have agreement on that, then the action cycles around that should be fairly clear. And then we have to be clear inside the organization who is the customer and who is the performer. Right. And by the way, we have that in our personal relationships between husbands and wives sometimes and kids and parents and you know friends and and you know coworkers sometimes I'm the customer, sometimes I'm the performer, and we have to be very clear about our roles. And then what is our ask and what are we solving, right? So if we know, you know, we we really get focused on that. And I spend time with that. Like, hey, let's don't start anything until we know what the hell we're doing. And what are you asking me to do? Because, you know, I've showed up in meetings and they'll say, well, you didn't, you didn't deliver. Right? Well, what do you mean didn't deliver? Tell, when did you, what did you ask me to do? Well, you asked me, did you, did I commit to it? If I didn't commit to it, then, then I didn't, I didn't, I'm not doing it. I don't know what, what part of that don't you understand, you know? So, you know, th- you have to be very clear in the ask and you have to be very clear in understanding. And, and with the ask, I mean, there's four parts of a, of an action cycle. There's the offer, there's the ex- negotiation and acceptance, there's the doing the performance of that. And then there's the delivery and and satisfaction are you satisfied and so once you understand some of those basic parameters that you're going to work inside in a c-suite especially now c-suites are very good about that because they they usually have risen enough in the ranks you know to get to that not every c-suite like i said i'm on this board and i'm telling you it's like it gives me a headache every time we get together on the board and board call i was on one today and it was like oh my gosh what are we going to do you know, and then and then I have to voice to the CEO to call the CEO and say, well, you know, this is a mess. You know, you got to fix this, you know, or and then, you know, I even had to have a conversation with the, one, the CEO like you've got to get rid of that executive. Well, that's a partner. I go, I don't care. I'm telling you, if you keep that person on, that person's going to have you fail. And, you know, I'm dry and drive that home because that's 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 my job when you're on a board, you know, your job is, again, to uh, clear the pathway so that they can be successful. Well, that's so true. And 
And as you're going through with these companies, you have innovation and, and resilience. And then even if you just get one negative guy in there that's, you know, trying to, it could drag the whole thing down. And so you have to foster the innovation. And, but with all the bombardment and just whether it's, you know, C-suite or people that are just day to day, like you said, with relationships, what one top thing would be takeaway? Like, how do you, how do you maintain? How do you just keep your balance and not go downward spiral? Well, first of all, you can only be as good as your lowest common denominator. So eliminate the lowest common denominator. So, I mean, there's nothing wrong. I mean, Jack Welch used to do this all the time. He just said, take the bottom 20 and get rid of them. Bottom 20, you get rid of them. Bottom 20, get rid of them. And you keep increasing. Well, there's some greatness to that. But, you know, if we're all focused on where we want to go and how we want to go, that's important. Now, the how is important because not just the, the, the mechanics of that, but what's our cadence? What's our energy? Yeah. I mean, if you walked into businesses before and you can feel, like we said, we can feel it. We can tell if the energy's up or it's down. We, we can tell the mood of the business. And I, I spend a lot of time focused on mood. Because, you you know, everybody talks about culture, 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 you know, culture will, will eat strategy for lunch. We, we, we've heard that comment many times and it's, it's so true. But mood will kill everything because, see, culture takes a long time for you to develop. Now, you say, hey, this is our culture, right? But culture is you, me, the other person, the other person all combined make up our culture. Well, and it takes a while for us to develop that sense of culture. But we can change our mood. I mean, how many times have we been in a, in a restaurant? All right. And the restaurant is the food is just so good. But, you know, everybody's kind of snotty and kind of rude, right. you know, and then you don't want to go back. But yeah, the food, it, you're there for the food. But how many times you've been to a restaurant where the food's not that great, but it's fun and it's great to be there and you want to hang out. You know, I've I've got a restaurant here in South Dakota that's like that. It's not the best, but you know what? I love it. Because, and I I go there five, six nights. I've eaten everything on the menu. And it's not that great. Now, they do serve a very generous portion of scotch. That does entice me a great deal. All right. But their desserts are frozen. They're, you know, thing to thing. They got the standard thing. Big menu's way too big. All those kind of things. But it, it's okay. And uh, and it's cheap. But but I, I love the people. I love the people that come and hang around there and you get to meet them, even the guy that drinks too much at the bar and he's with his two free friends and, you know, all, all the stuff you can imagine. Right? right. And so, so mood is a big part of that. And it's just something that as business leaders, we have to constantly be working on along with that cadence, how fast, how fast, how fast, how can you move things, you know, and what is the way in which you, you know, you're standard operating things between each of the team members and how we respond to each other, how fast we do it, you know, after five emails, we got to get pick up the phone or get on a Zoom call and get it resolved because it's gone too many times yeah. in iterations or whatever it might be. These are the things you have to pick up. And I think that we want to work on. But I love cadence. I mean, yeah. that just tells you the speed of which things are going to get done inside the business. So I, I, you know, I tell my folks when they say, Jeff, it's cold. I say, just we'll work harder. You'll, you'll warm up, you know, you know, just go. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. And the and the mood and the cadence is like writing a song. So, you know, you're yeah. getting right, you're getting that cadence. So that's the beat you're getting. Now, when you got that beat going, and then they're listening to the mood, which is the negative O or the nuclear. Oh, yeah, right. This and the that and oh well, no. then the cadence changes, right? Yeah. And I'm I'm about getting rid of all that. I, you know, I literally I I our cha I'm chairman of the C Suite Network. We have a CEO. I 
I said, I don't want to deal with negative people. Get rid of them, whether they're members or their staff or customers. You know, I nope, not interested. Get, I don't, I don't need that in my life. I'm done with that. And uh, you know, I, I have three conditions of satisfaction for myself: build wealth for me and my family. I grew up not in a very rich uh, environment. In fact, very poor. Not you know, not what I would call dirt poor, but you know, trailer park poor. Right. That's we lived in trailer parks as I was growing up because my dad was in the military and didn't have a lot of money, and that's just the way it was. And so now I want my family and their families to have more than what I did. And I want to be that that conduit and uh, catalyst for that. That's one. Two, I want to do things that are interesting. You know, I want to learn things. I want to know why that, you know, why, you know, once my son held up when he was like three years old, an ink pen and said, how do they get the ink in there? I don't know. But, you know, you ask a great question. I want to learn things. And then third thing is I just want to have fun and work with people that I respect and like and admire and, um, you know, who I, I find to be interesting. And then if I can't have all three of those things, eh, not too interesting. That's so, and it's that there's decisive right there, you know, like you're not fun. I'm done. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I don't want to work with assholes. I don't know. I don't know where else we put the show. Maybe you can't say that, but you'll get a couple of red marks. Red marks are always good when you get those red marks on the Apple podcast or, or something. That's my, a lot of my podcasts have that because I, I tend to, I, I tend to swear a little bit. Well, you, you, not- even without, you mentioned hitting your thumb with a hammer. I don't even hit my thumb with a hammer and I swear uh, consciously. So there you go. <laughs> right. Right. I'm always trying to be, <laughs> Right, but that probably brings more uh, people listening, I guess, <laughs> because, it's re- because it's real, right? Yeah, well, it is real. Yeah, and by the way, that's an important thing I think have to, has to happen. I wrote about this, you know, uh, thirteen years ago, fourteen years ago, in my first book, the mirror test is, you know, we have to be authentic to who we are, you know, and look in the mirror and ask myself, who am I? What am I? What do I want to stand for? What are the values that I want to put forward? as a company or as an individual. And, and we've gotten away from some of that. We're afraid of, of, of staking out our position. And I, and there, you know, there's, there are companies. And I wrote about this in the hero factor as well. My last book, which is all about, you know, companies that operate based on values. You might not like their politics. You not, might not like their decisions, but by God, they, they took a side, they picked a side. You might not like Donald Trump, but I said he was great for this country, not because of his politics or any of his other decisions. Oh, they think he did some good things, and I think there's some things he did bad. And and I'm not I'm not you know I'm not to the right of Attila. I'm right of Attila Hunt on most things, but not when it comes to politics. Okay, but what what was what he did well, and I wrote this in the book was he picked a side. He made you pick a side. Right. He said something so offensive or so good, depending on how you felt, that you right. felt you had to choose a side. Right. That I think is important. Okay. And so if you look at, you know, you, you say, well, he didn't do anything. Look, he at least did that. And same thing, you know, let's go look at companies like Starbucks, Starbucks made a, you know, like when two young black men in Philadelphia walked into a coffee shop and they called the police on them because they wouldn't leave. uh, They shut the whole company down to retool it to, to tell everybody again, let's think about what Starbucks is. Starbucks isn't a coffee place. You just got to come buy coffee. It's a community place. It's a place for you to come and gather. How many of us have sat in a Starbucks for three or four hours, never ordered a cup of coffee because it is a gathering place for the community. And that's how Howard Schultz started that company. Or let's take Kathy Truett, Truett Kathy, the founder of um, Chick-fil-A. You might not like the fact that he, he doesn't, he's vocal about 
same-sex marriages, okay, which I disagree with his position on. And, you know, he, and he shuts the place down on Sunday, okay, because he said that's a day of rest. Well, though he owns the damn company. He has every right to say the way he wants to run that company, by gosh. And, by, you know, while I disagree with him on that, he still makes a damn good chicken sandwich. So, you know, you've got to make a decision to pick a side. Are you going to buy from him or not buy from him? I'll choose to buy from him because I still value that he has the right to make his own decisions about what those are. You know, and, you know, I can go on and talk more about Starbucks and other companies that have just really done a great job. And I just think we need more tolerance of that. That, that's what our country stands for. And that's what, and business should be able to do that too. And you should be able to take a side and it's okay. It's not the end of the earth, you know, just because it's against your, your uh, politics, your, your sensibilities or whatever, you know, as long as you're not hurting somebody else, you know, I think it's okay to, now you could argue whether that hurts somebody or not, but, but there, but in this country, you're entitled to take those positions. I, you know, as much as I might disagree with it. Right. We used to just be able to, you know, I mean, we may have different politics, but be able to talk real and go, yeah, well, that was good. Or that, I mean, it's and by the way, it's okay to have that. I mean, I've got friends who I just think are total idiots, but they're friends. <laughs> you got to have one. Because if you don't, if you look around and you're with a bunch of friends and you, those are the idiots or, or you can't find them, then you better start looking at yourself. Right now. Yeah. But we're all, we all, should, we all have some of that. We're all a little bit nuts and, you know, and we, it's okay. And by, by gosh, you know, it's like, I've been married for 40 some plus years. I'm, I, I know me, I wouldn't be married to me. And, and the, you know, I got friends who are good friends of mine and I know me, I wouldn't be there. Friend. They, I, I'm surprised they got me as friends. So there you go. Yeah. That's honest. No, that's, yeah. that's why I like you. And that's, and I think that's what your honesty and I, the transparency word is so overused that it doesn't even, but you know, it's just being real and heartful and, it's just a different way than most people think that they have to be, you know, that. To, to well, I even like, you know, it's like sometimes some people get mad when somebody says no. I'd rather have you tell me no right off the bat. You don't want to do business. With me. You don't want to do, you know, I'm not interested. OK, fine. I'm not. Then move on. There's 28 million businesses in North America. I think I can find more people to do business with. So, you know, it doesn't mean I have to hate you. It just means thank you. You know, I either, you know, in I've always said this, you want to move to a yes or a no as fast as possible, to, yeah. you know, in the, in the decision-making process. So, you know, being transparent or being direct or whatever it might be, it's it's just nice. It's nice to have. Now, I wish that you would see the error of your ways and you want to do business with me, but there you go. You yeah. Can't yeah. Well, you're really good about opportunities are everywhere. You just have to know how to look. Use what you say and capitalize yeah. on them. And don't sit back, act fast, yeah. right, before they're gone. Yeah, and, and work the system. You got to work the system. I mean, I'm doing that today. I'm sitting here with, uh, I, I can give you the numbers right off the top of my head because I know exactly where I'm at. You know, I got 48 really unbelievable opportunities that are 90 or better that I'm just in one category that I'm working in. In one of our council groups are a group that's just for thought leaders. You're you're part of that, Chris. And you know the value of, of the masterminding of that group and how well we do together in collaboration and how we work at growing each other's businesses. And of course, hyperscaling each of our businesses because of the intensity that we have in these relationships with each other and the gives that we give because it's just it's just that a giving community. And so it's just positive. So 
right now I've got another, you know, like I said, 48 that are at 90% or better that want to come in. I got another 60, uh, no, 78, 78 that are thinking about coming in. I mean, it's just, and so you got to work the system. And so that means I got to write to them, write to them, email them, call them, text them, send them a video mail, whatever I have to do to get them to yes or no. Yes or no. Let's go. Because, you know, I only have so many spots and so much time. Are you in or out? And, and, you know, some people say, Jeff, it's not it's not the right time. And can you call me in November? I'll do my best. I'm not sure there'll be an open slot. But if there is, I, I guarantee you, I will call you. And that's what, you know, you can be that way. But but most people don't work that system, Chris. You know that. They don't work that system. Like their money, 911. If you right. do certain things with your money, you're going to multiply your money and you're going to have a you know, greater return and you're going to you're going to have a secure future and so forth and so on. You can build to retirement, build to whatever you go, but you got, you got to buy the lottery ticket first. By the way, I did. I just bought my lottery ticket. I, I'm not ready. Oh, I, oh, I'm ready. I bought, I bought enough for the whole week. <laughs> that's what my, that's what my financial advisor says. Just Hazlett. I don't know, but uh, if I were you, I'd buy some lottery tickets. No. Right. You're just having fun. That is so cool. And you got one or how many did you get? No, I always buy, I, you know, my daughter so mad at me, but you know, I used to, I helped put the lottery in place in South Dakota back years ago. And I just love playing little games and just seeing what we could do. So I'm, I'm one of those people that buys 20, Powerball and 20 mega mega ball yeah. or mega mega whatever mega millions. I I just buy twenty dollars worth. They you know what they've always asked me. They, they always say, you remember that you can do the add-on, the double up or whatever, right. the add-on. Yeah. And and I just say, I don't think anyone's ever won the double up. <laughs> Maybe they have. Uh, I don't I've never heard anyone who won the big jetpack for a billion and then actually bought the billion double and then got two billion. I've never heard that yet. So I never do that. I figure. Uh, you know, 40, you win 40 million, 20 million. I don't care. hundred thousand. I mean, that's a lot of money. I don't care whoever you are. You know, that's just a lot of zeros. So I'm happy with, I'm happy. I'm happy when I win my five bucks back or my 20 bucks back. I'm, I'm, I'm always happy. You do. You, you blow my mind because not only do you work your brains out, but you also take, t- I mean, you're out there and snow sledding and, you know, taking oh, yeah. <laughs> riding horses. And then your next minute you're in Florida and the next minute you're in Dallas. And, you know, you're not, you're sure, you're sure not a lazy man. That's for sure. No, I've, I've always been a rambling, a rambling man, I guess, is the way the like song goes. In. You seem pretty balanced. In- I Well, you have to when you have a wife like Tammy. She's, you know, I'm six foot three, 200 and some odd pounds. And she's this five foot one tiny little petite thing. And, yeah. and so we're, they, we're off. She's nice. I'm not, she's good looking. I'm not, you know, she's short. I'm not, balanced. you know, all these, yeah, we're balanced. She likes, she's like, she's, she's a singer. I'm a listener, yeah. you know, cause I can't sing. And yeah. so, you know, all these things. So you have to have, I, I, you know, I remember back when I was was uh, very young in my early 20s and met Stephen Covey and he did Seven Habits of Highly Successful People one of the best books I've you know you've ever read. I didn't always like to listen to Stephen. He unfortunately he's passed away but and I know his son well. Uh, but he he uh, you know I used to share the stage with him but he was just a boring speaker. I always thought not the best speaker in the world but he wrote a great book and had a great concept and and, you know, and balance was one of the key things that he said, you know, you had that balance between your personal life, your friends, your family, your business, and then your spirituality. And I thought that was a really, you know, like a four 
teeter-totter and you had to have a balance between all those. And I always thought that was pretty good. And I, there are times in my life I have not. I tend to overwork more than anything. And as I've gotten later in life, I've learned, no, I should enjoy this. I should sit back on the porch and have a scotch and, you know, and, and, and do some hunting or, or do, do the, do some fly fishing or do some things that I really like to do. But even when I'm, you know, my assistant said this to me today, cause I'm just having a blast doing what I'm doing right now. And she goes, you're the only person that wishes there were, I said, I wish I had more hours in the day. And she says, the only person that I know that wishes they had more time to work. I, I think I'm, I got to say I'm one of those because, you know, when the weekend comes, I used to go, I can't wait till Monday. And, and I think having my family, a lot of them have passed away. So that was my balance. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then less family, that just means it's all work. So I'm a little bit of a workaholic myself, so I can relate. To that. But I like to get outside. I know you do too. I know you love plants and you, you do gardening and uh, you've got some beautiful stuff. I love to get out and work on the tractor, mow grass. I love to mow grass. I love yeah. to just get out and drive my four wheeler with a big mower behind it and uh, put on the headset and listen to KTWB 92.5 country. And I just enjoy things like that. So that's, yeah. which is great. And, or you're out on a horse checking f- fences or doing the yeah. stuff that I like to do. Little things mean a lot. And boy, you yeah. a nice green view. I mean, and with yeah. the river and, yeah. and it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous place. I just want to put another plug in for, for C Suite Network and Thought Leaders because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a baby inside of this, but I got to say the hot seat that I went on, um, the mastermind and everybody, what really, when you downloaded, you just start talking. It was like bing, 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 you know, and I don't know why it just res- it just put me right into action. So I, it was like a quantum leap. Now, you know, you go up and then you kind of hit a few walls, but just yep. going forward, right? And it is by invitation. So it's not like everybody can be, you know, you have a quality. We want to make sure that people that are sitting around the table, I mean, that's what, not everybody's in the C-suite. Not everyone's invited to the C-suite. You earn your way into the C-suite. Not everybody's invited to a mastermind or to participate in a, in a peer-to-peer council. You have to a little bit earn your way there because, you know, we all want to be in a trusted network. And to be in a trusted network, you show up, you, you 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 pay your price, you pay the dues, you get in, and you and you get active. And if you if you don't do certain things based on what the conditions of satisfaction are for the group, well, then then it's then we then we would ask you to leave, and there, or others will ask you to leave, or you'll you'll figure out pretty quick you should take off, you know. But that's what's really great about being a part of a thought council, peer to peer council. You know, Napoleon Hill outlined the 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 power of a mastermind, and the mastermind is not. The, the the term has been you know, just bastardized by a great number of people who don't know what they're doing. And, you know, because today you've got 19 year old, you know, life coaches, you know, you know, teaching masterminds. I'm going like, you're a life coach at 19. You're not a life coach. You're a, you're a teen coach, you know? So, you know, and, and so we tend to have peer to peer councils that are based on, you know, knowledge and experience and, and really important that it's based on counsel. And what do I mean by counsel? Well, Anyone can give advice. Advice is usually given to people by people who have never been there before. But counsel, you know, like the things that we sat down with you was given by people who have done it before. And they say, hey, here's how, you know, Chris, here's how it worked for me. So when someone comes with an ask, that means a an issue, a problem, 
a, a something that they need better defined in order to achieve uh, a breakthrough. And that's what masterminds do. That's what peer-to-peer councils do. That's what the power of working together in a network does. It gives you those breakthroughs that you need. And it's the counsel of others in that network so that you say, you know, like, you know, I used to, when I was the chief marketing officer of Eastman Kodak running a, you know, $17 billion budget, you know, they would come, you know, other CMOs would come to me and they would say, Jeff, how'd you get out of the Olympics? Jeff, I need to move my, I need to get more out of NASCAR. I need to get more out of IndyCar, you know, and these are all things that we had done and, and I was leading and I was transforming that. Uh, Jeff, how did you do the celebrity apprentice with Donald Trump? How did you do uh, this television show? How did you, you know, how did you appear on uh, the Conan O'Brien's tonight show or whatever, you know, uh, late night or with, with Jimmy Fallon or whatever, all of these things that I had done. And you you could speak to it as counsel. I mean, this is how, because it's in a trusted network with people that you know others trust. That's how you got in there. And that, those are, that makes it very powerful. That's what makes the C-suite network such a great, great network uh, for executives. But both um, that are in business and those serving businesses, both. Right. And you've got, you've got a stairway inside of there. Because look, I've been in a lot of masterminds with, quote, famous people or whatever. But it never really came together for me like I'm about to launch my course, Create Income You'll Never Outlive. And then yeah. you, and I got to say, I saw your stairway of, you know, the course and the mastermind, but it really, it went to a different level with a council, even though it is a mastermind principle with a council, but the the coordination, yeah. right? It, yeah, well, we're focused in on on what's driving you. So we spend a great deal of time trying to figure out what you want. And then trying to work with you, is that the right thing? Because most people in profit masterminds or profit networks, I'm talking about false profits or profit, bad false profits in terms of P-R-O-F-I-T or profits like the biblical side. Because to me, those are star, most of those are, you know, people that participate in those are starstruck. And I'm not saying they're all bad, but they're not focused in on true outcomes. And what most of those do is they show you the secrets behind door number one. And then when you get behind door number one, they say, by the way, there's door number two and door number three. But we only got one door. That's it. And it's the door to success. And that's so that's all we focus on is then your, you know, your success. But it's really, truly mutual because I deal with people who go to this person's uh, firewalk or this person's uh cold bath or this person's uh, meditation thing or this person's whatever, all this stuff. And, I, and they come to me afterwards, they've spent their, you know, spent fortunes and, and they're looking for the gotcha and they don't see any gotchas. There's no gotchas. And so, and that's what I try to focus. That's, that's the nature of a trusted network. And, and then, you know, you're with people who've actually done this. And, you know, I, I had somebody that we're recruiting into our thought counts and they go, well, who's in it? I said, nobody, you know, and they go, what do you mean? I said, you're used to these kinds of people and you're not going to find them. You know, I've got, I've got uh, uh, bishops to foreign countries. We've got this, we've got that, we've got bestseller. We got, but they're all people that are, that are tops in their category, but not in categories that you deal with. So, you know, and that's what I think is really cool. You know, everybody's just doing a great job and everybody's at different levels. You know, I call them different zeros behind the numbers. Some are at 500,000, some are a million, some are a billion. You know, it depends on what it is. And so, we, you know, we and we got masterminds that start at, 
you know, a thousand bucks a year to 2,500 to 10,000, 5,000, uh, even in mastermind, 60,000, $75,000, depending on what, you know, what problem you're trying to solve. Right. And then what the return is and more value, more expense. You know? Right. And the, the beauty of it is the wisdom. There's a wisdom of experience because you have all of that there and you don't, you know, you just do it casually, but you say a few things that tie it all get together, like the conscious giving counsel when we started talking about that and your reflection back. I saw your excitement and your excitement is like, somebody else gets this because I'm just kicking yeah. it around. <laughs> it's like, am I off the wall here? Is this really too far out? It was like, he heard me, you know, and that, that was a, that was a, that was the price of the ticket, I guess, you know. <laughs> well, we hear that, you know, I hear that a lot, Chris. Everybody comes to the meetings that we have. Uh, some some of them are weekly, some of them are monthly, some of them are every quarter. It just depends on the thing. But by the way, you've come to C-Suite Network. You can't go to all of it. Let's just be clear. Uh, I can't even go to it all anymore. Uh, there's just so much. I'm chairman. I own the thing. And I'm still, not, I can't go to everything yeah, with the hundreds of meetings that we have uh, now uh, for everybody. But it, it, every time someone comes, they go, I, that was worth it. That was worth it. We hear that all the time, and and I never want it to get old because sometimes you find here are the things that excite me and I wanted to do, and a lot of times what you find is, ooh, I don't want to do that, and I think that's just as important as the things that excite you is that again to get the focus of where you want to go, and in order for you to be successful at what you want, again driving those personal conditions of satisfaction. That's 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 I mean if if I can help somebody do that, wow, that's pretty cool. That's yeah. pretty good. You know, I can look back and say, Hey, I did that, you know, and I, and luckily in my career, I've, I've got a lot of those and I've always been focused on that servant mentality of like, how can I help you? I mean, and if, and if you know this because you and I've talked on the phone or on a zoom call, video call, and that's usually how I start every conversation. How can I help you? That's just always been the way I've, I've been. And, and the more that we all could do that together, imagine what a world that would be like. That's it right there. And that's to me, that's the riches. That's our riches that no crisis can touch. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's not easy sometimes, too. You know, there's a great line, pretty woman, uh, that uh, Julia Roberts says it's, you know, it's easier to believe the bad stuff. And uh, it's nice to have a place to go and and get the good stuff. That's it. Jeffrey, it's it's a blast. We could just talk and talk here. We'll, we'll, (laughs) we'll, We'll come back again for sure. And again... Just tell everybody how to contact you and download your book. Yeah, if you're wa- if you're watching, it's Jeffrey Hazlett. You see it right there on the screen. You can, you know, Google me, H-A-Y-Z-L-E-T-T, Jeffrey, J-E-F-F-R-E-Y. I get paid more for Jeffrey than Jeff, so that's why I go, no. Anyway, just what's what my what's what my mother called me, so that's what my name is. And you just find me, Google me, you can do it, or go to C hyphen suite network, S-U-I-T, C suite, as in the corner corner office, suite network. And uh, we'll be more than happy to take care of you. That's the best way to find us. We, we've got a Friday evening celebrates. Everybody's welcome. That's where everybody comes by. It's kind of like going on your way home. You stop off at the evening pub, meet your friends, get a little high five because you had a great week, pat in the back, or maybe you need a hug because it's been kind of a crappy week. Well, that's what we're there for. You get a chance to meet some other people. We do some breakouts every single Friday. You get a chance to meet some new people. And if if you didn't like them when you're in the room, hey, don't worry. We're going to come back and break out again. You'll find another group. So that's the way it works. But you'll find great people. I've never found anybody that really had any bad experience. So, And uh, and you bring your wine to water to whiskey and come join us on a Friday night. That's it right there. 
Jeffrey, it's a pleasure for you to be here. And thank you so much for coming. Thank you. There's so much to learn about healthy money. I hope today's discussion brings you one step closer to securing and protecting your future. So you can get started on the right foot, go to meetwithchrismeller.com and schedule your free financial fitness strategy session. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to Money 911 so you don't miss our next episode, which includes health, wealth, and peace of mind.